Hello, this is Chuck from Above the Basement, Boston Music and Conversation. Before we begin, we are honored and excited to have been named the 2020 Boston Music Awards Podcast of the Year. There were so many deserving shows, and we appreciate all that they do for Boston and the music community. We would like to thank those at the Boston Music Awards, all our amazing guests, and all of those who voted for us. We would like to congratulate all the nominees and winners. Finally, I would like to thank those who have worked so hard with ATB over the years, including my co-host and friend, Mr. Ronnie Hirschberg. Also, our photographers, Joe Wallace and Michelle Gendreau, Jonathan Beakley, Ike Walker, Dee Dee Carney, and Natalie Benelli from the Moxie Group, James McDonald, Christina Latino of Cornerscape, Eric Lineback, Vincent LaRusso, and all of those who have listened and supported us. This is a celebration of Boston music, and we are incredibly gratified to be a small part of it. I had a solo conversation with the great New England band Twisted Pine. I sat with fiddle player Kathleen Parks, mandolin player Dan Bui, and bassist Chris Sartori not too long ago. We missed Twisted Pine's newest edition and Fung, who plays flute in the band, but she is safe at home in beautiful Canada. But we did get to talk about her behind her back. All nice things, of course. Twisted Pine is one of the most acclaimed young string bands in the Northeast. These fine musicians bring their love of improvisation, rhythmic playing, and even humor into their music that, while still rooted in bluegrass, bring in notes of pop, funk, and jazz that, in addition to their fantastic harmonies, make them unique. Their most recent album, Right Now, is a must-listen, and although they have had to put off touring due to COVID, they have plenty of material for you to watch on their website at twistedpineband.com, and I highly recommend you do so because their videos are fantastic. Okay, so let's get right into it. Here is my conversation with Kathleen, Dan, and Chris from Twisted Pine, recorded masked at Woodsill Table in Concord, Massachusetts. Um, you guys are episode 169. Nice. Whoa. <laughs> Not bad, right? <laughs> 169. <laughs> Save for the podcast. <laughs> I was talking, I was telling Dan, I, I wanted to have you guys on for a while. And I've been talking to Lynn for a few years, actually. Mm-hmm. That's um, crazy. Yeah. Why is it happened? Because you guys are so famous. <laughs> no, we're I not. Can't, <laughs> I can't. I actually, get yeah, you I remember on. like having so much back and forth, where Lynn is like, "Hey, you guys available for this time?" And we're like, "Oh yeah, let's make that happen." I think it's because and like then, we like, were like we were like podcast. Why do we do a podcast? We're like playing shows and stuff, but now it's like we can't do anything except like all we I do, know, are, all like, can do is podcast. are like radio interviews, podcast, you know, like that kind of thing. <laughs> no, I mean, we always intended to do it. Just, <laughs> Chris went to CCHS, which is where I went to, Concord Carlo High School. Oh, oh okay. Cool. We, both from, we both grew up in Concord. Concord oh, kids. That's and it nice. seemed Joe and I were trying to figure out how many people we've talked to who are from Concord or live in Concord now. And there's a, a weird number of people who uh, we've talked to who are here. Totally. For whatever reason. I don't know a why. lot of musicians, a lot of like the music community. A lot of kids come out of the Concord bubble. 
Well, we're very talented as cockroaches. I guess that's. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's something. There's something in the water. <laughs> must, must be. Okay, it is for the, the river. <laughs> so, how you guys doing? David. Great. We're doing good. That sounded very. <laughs> I didn't answer. Very positive. <laughs> very, very well. But you guys. So we we mentioned this before, but you guys, uh, you haven't been in the same room, or have you? Have you been in the same room since COVID? We've played a couple shows. We played like maybe two shows, and they were sort of next to each other. One was on Wednesday, and then the other was Saturday. Well, actually, and then there was the drive to the border. Yeah, and, the, so and there three was three times. Yeah, and and the parlor room. And the parlor room four yeah. times. Plus that backyard gig, five. Five. <laughs> so maybe five so, times. Yes, you five times in the last six months. Or, that's or actually so. not bad. We're averaging once a month. <laughs> yeah. That's actually not bad. I yeah. Think Thanks that. for bringing us together. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Well, we're missing one person. Yes. Yes. And she's she's in Toronto. Yes. So Anne, out. who plays flute in the band, she is up in Toronto where she lives and yes. has been up in Toronto since middle of March uh, when she kind of had to fly back there in a hurry to get home. She should make room for us because I think we all want to move to Canada. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Get those visas ready. I promise we won't talk about politics. <laughs> I might be lying, but I... Yeah, it's hard not to. We'll, we'll try not to. So you have been gigging a little bit, probably, what, like Zooming kind of thing from Parlor Room and stuff? So we, we released an album few months ago yeah and uh, we haven't been able to play any shows in support of it as one would normally do right so we've been kind of producing a lot of kind of online content type things right and uh last night actually was was a really was it last night a few nights ago a couple couple, couple nights ago Every thursday day night thursday night yeah so we just we just had our online album release show which was this thing that we recorded at the parlor room in northampton yep. and we had to utilize all kinds of technology to to put the thing together because you know Anne, our Canadian member, was up in Canada and couldn't come down, so yeah. we had to green screen her in. To <laughs> really, the thing. green screened yeah. her in. Yeah, I'm it was impressed. it was a very it was a feat of video editing Super and coordination, audio like passing audio back and forth across borders, <laughs> and it and it took a long time to put. I mean, it took a few months really. It yeah. wasn't supposed to take that long. But it took a while for us to kind of put the whole thing together, and then we aired it last night. Oh. Or, I'm sorry, Thursday night yeah. live, and it was our album release party. And, it was, you know, it's like the only thing that you can do today. Of know? course. Yeah. Well, I, I'm glad that you had some sort of celebration of the release because some artists came out with an album and just, they're like, I'm not even going to tour it, which is terrible. I think it's terrible to have to do that. Mm. Yeah. But I get it because, you know, maybe by the time – you know they can go go tour again it's, it'll be a year before they can do that and then it's like old stuff for them or right but, yeah yeah um, it's like so much work to put a record out and then try to keep it afloat and try to keep people's ears and eyes on it just be and especially now because of how much not that we're going to get into this right now but political stuff is going on it's like <laughs> so awkward to to be trying to put all this stuff together and then promote it like with the backdrop of an election and like all this, you know, crazy stuff. Well, especially right now because the election just happened. But when COVID happened, I think everyone was kind of starting to crave music. And like when we did a, uh, we did a um, together at home sessions, we did these sessions where musicians could play and people could give from Venmo and stuff like that. And I think people started getting burnt out with that a little mm, bit. Totally. Yeah. Um, Definitely. So they're craving live music. But no, but I am, I am glad you guys are still out there and trying to do the album. I've been listening to the album. 
It's called Right Now. I want to go over, there's a couple songs I want to talk about, but I want to talk about the origins of it. It was first supposed to be an EP, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, we were originally planning to go into the studio to just get maybe like five tracks that we had been performing for maybe a couple of years. And uh, we really worked all the kinks out on stage in front of the audience and figured out what they liked and what we liked. And This is when? Last this, fall? Yeah, this was last fall. So we went in, we recorded those tracks, and we were really happy. We were really stoked about it. We were like, yeah, let's just like get it out in January. And then we spoke to our label, who was going to be backing it, and they encouraged us, and we're really happy that This is Jim Olsen at Signature Sounds. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Love Jim. What Jim's a great. Shout out Jim. to him. He's, he's a former guest, too. Oh, cool. Oh. Yeah, yeah he's a great guy. He, th- that, that whole label has been so supportive of us for so I've long. I've heard nothing but good things about them. Yeah, they're, they're like a second home for us. If you want to say, like, if home were people... Their home. <laughs> <laughs> There's a song in there somewhere. Their sign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so he good. encouraged. Well, why are we going to come out with an EP to begin with? Why an EP? Well, we just the last thing we put out was also an EP, but it was all covers, and we had been playing these songs for a little while, and so we're like, let's just record them, get them out, so that people have fresh music to listen to, and not we won't have to wait as long. Yeah. And but then Jim really encouraged us to think about, you know, adding. I think it was five more tracks. Yeah, something like um, that. And so we were nervous because we only had two months, really, to get those tracks up to the level that we felt the other tracks. You know, like, they were just very prepared and really well done. Yeah. And so we were nervous because it was brand new music, and we liked to perform all of our music before we record it, just to work it out, like I said, in front of the audience. Yeah. Yeah, so then... We're like, all right, I guess we're doing this. And we had a couple of days in Colorado on our last run where we actually just holed up in an Airbnb and just got the kinks out. (laughs) (laughs) Figured out the arrangements and how all the songs were going to go. And we actually didn't have Anne with us during that because she had a whole other thing that was going on. But she just hopped right on board with those songs. And we went into the studio and we just smashed it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> what studio did you do it in? Was it uh, Dimension Sound Dimension Studio in Jamaica Plain. Oh, yeah, cool. Which is where we did our uh, first record as well. Right. With Dan Cardinal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, good. I'm glad you did the. I'm glad you did the LP. And you know, we'll get this out of the way too because we talk about vinyl all the time. Dan mm-hmm. and I were talking about. Uh, yeah. Dan and Joe and I were talking about vinyl before. You don't have any vinyl yet, but is it coming? Yeah, it's coming. We just got to keep. Uh, Keep the pressure on. Speaking of uh, signature sounds, <laughs> it's it's really hard to like. It's just because we're not touring right now. It's hard to then put in an, like a big vinyl order in, yeah. Because mm. it takes a long time and it's expensive. Right. A lot of like costs up front. So we're you know we'll definitely have it eventually, but we just have to figure out how we can you know make it happen. Is there a line? Is is, is there a waiting list to get it done? I don't know about with the record label, but I I think when whenever. There's I mean, just the guys producing it, who's actually create, ma- pressing them. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I think, as far as I know, there's only like a handful, a small handful of oh, okay. people that actually press vinyl. Yeah, well, we talked to a guy up in Burlington, Vermont, Burlington Record Plant, who's done a lot mm-hmm. of people you know, probably. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember when we talked to him a few years ago, he had like a six-month waiting list. Mm-hmm. Wow. Which is great to hear. Right. Yeah. But not great if you want him to get him sooner than later. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but, it, is, it is nice that vinyl is... Uh, something that people want and, and yeah. buy. It 
it's like a cool little thing that's yeah. coming back. Yeah. I know. We again, we we had a good half hour conversation before you guys got yeah. here about yeah. vinyl. Yeah. And we won't bore these people, poor people about about vinyl now. But I'm a huge vinyl fan. But you guys are because of everything. I'm just looking at your website because of everything you've done in your website. I think you are ripe to put out vinyl because you have all those really cool pictures. A lot of different pictures of you and the you know. Um, the Amadeus outfits and like, <laughs> in, the, in the pearl and the and the clam yeah. and things like that. But also, you each wrote something about something about the album, whether it be like Dan, you wrote about all the songs. Oh yeah, right. You wrote about about how Twisted. No, no, was it about the album? Is that what you wrote? Yeah. Um. About what, how how the album came together. <laughs> Oh yeah, about how the, how the whole album came together. Yes. And Chris, you wrote about <laughs> what? I wrote about um, sort of how we describe our music and, and oh right, what yes. You, what category category you would put it into? Yeah, yeah. And and I think um, wrote about the players. The players. The individual oh, players. Yeah, damn. yeah. And then even your manager wrote something about yeah. the yes. album. That's a good idea actually to put that on the vinyl. That could go on the vinyl yeah. exactly, especially oh. because it's a it's a COVID album mm -hmm. and i don't mean to denigrate yeah. the album in that way but mm -hmm. coming it was about to come out in covid um there are certain things that happened to it because of covid yeah um totally you know it's a it's an artifact of a very crazy time in american yeah. history definitely. too so definitely look at that see how much i how much pressure i just put on <laughs> yeah I, I, that was perfect that was a perfect question for us <laughs> <laughs> i think i think all though all those things should go on the album i definitely yeah because not many people get to read about the artist thoughts on each song and why you wrote it and how you wrote it and you know all the things you wrote mm -hmm, about each song mm -hmm, you, mm -hmm. they don't you don't see it on a cd no one reads that stuff yeah you unless you go to the website so but if you have an album and you know the other thing about vinyl is we kind of like in the making of the album we, we always had an idea that we would press the vinyl like kind of the sequencing and like the way that we kind of laid out the album we kind of were thinking of a side a a side b you how that how that yeah that's kind of how we how we thought about it so, you know, it's definitely something that when it happens, I'm going to be pretty stoked about it. Yeah. I'm so really looking forward to that. And with an EP, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have been able to do that. Mm. No. Probably not. No. Yeah. So ha have you done that yet? Have you figured out side A and B and all that? I guess you must have since you since the CD. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 That yeah. was how we planned the track listing, even for the CD. We just planned it for vinyl. Mm -hmm. But did you think side A and side B or did you just think sequence? Yeah, that was the concept, totally. We, we had side A, side B, said. yeah. We were thinking mm -hmm. of, like, so we would want to start the album this way. What song would we want to end side A with okay. halfway through? And then what song would then pick up side B? You right. know, kind of like that kind of thing. Kind of two halves yeah. of the album. Yeah. But for years, people would not think that because they think it's just either on, it's on, on CD or Yeah, and, you know, for a CD, it doesn't matter. No, but I think what it was time. was for us, it was kind of like it's a cool way to organize the sequence of an album. Mm. Just to like think that way, because like like we were talking about back in the day, that's how all of these great albums were sequenced and how they were laid out. There was this, they were organized by sides of like, you know, four or five songs or whatever it was that arc or that shape kind of like works really well it's like a really cool way to organize an album and and you know that's just something that we wanted to do with this one and not only that it also it's all about the single right that's what the record companies always say and that's what it was for many many years but with the album you'd have you'd listen to the entire album yeah rather than just be able to pick out what song you want and so now you get to hear those the b-sides that you never heard before songs that just for whatever reason, aren't as popular as other songs, but are still fantastic. So they really get to hear all the songs. Yeah, yeah. They, they all shine. There's through. no question there. But, uh, 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's sort of our band vibe in general is, is, I don't know. I feel that when I listen to an album like, like that, everything sort of contributes to the overall sound. And we have our, we're so spread out in terms of the, the types of, of music that we pull from that, like, you know, you have Come Along Jody, which is like sort of just a bluegrass rager juxtaposed with uh, Right Now, which is like a Lake Street Dive-ish pop tune. And so hearing all of that is what gives you a sense of what kind of band we are, as opposed to any specific single of ours. Well, let's talk about a couple of those songs. There was, so the first song I actually heard was because I saw the video first, and that was the uh, Amadeus party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys have fun doing that? Oh, yeah. Oh, that yeah. was a blast. We had recorded the song already, and then we had gone to this really epic costume place, and we rented these costumes, and the lady gave us a discount, courtesy of Chris. <laughs> really talking her into it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we came back, and actually Dan Cardinal and Sean Trishka, who was filming, they knew that we were, like, going for, I think, the Amadeus yes. vibe. But they didn't know to what extent. <laughs> so we kind of all just put on these costumes. And they were like, okay, we're ready. And, like, Sean and Dan are, like, looking at us in the live room. Like, what <laughs> is happening? <laughs> well, definitely people are crazy. Me about the <laughs> That's the first thing that looks like came out. But you know what else came to mind was Broken Glass by... Um, uh, Eurythmics, you know that you know that video that they did. Oh, I don't think so. No, John Malkovich so. is in it, and they all dress really? up in that same the, the same outfits. It's a fantastic video. John Ooh. Malkovich, huh? John Malkovich is in it, and um, so is Annie Lennox from Eurythmics. Oh yeah. And they sing the song. In That's awesome. Yeah, that you should check it out. Cool. Yeah. Uh, same exact kind of thing, and. Uh, that so I you know it's obviously the Amadeus look, <laughs> but that's if I, if you look at that video that's what came to mind. Cool. <laughs> you might know what video I'm talking about, Joe? Yes. Is it that's it's a cool that video? It's a, it's before your time. <laughs> Joe and I are very old. We should so go back. We should go back though and check it out. Yeah. Well, you know the Eurythmics, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Phew. Yeah. I don't <laughs> feel too old that old then. So there's that one, and then the uh, the Dun come uh, don't come over tonight. Which, you got a little jazz flute in there, oh, which yeah. reminded me of Ron Burgundy <laughs> <laughs> with the jazz flute. And gets uh, it's, oh my gosh. It's a great song. I love that song. And that little jazz sequence when she does the solo is, is great. Yeah, and she's a jazzer. She's the jazz to my cat. <laughs> she's a jazz to your cat. I like that. <laughs> yeah, that was the one that we did live it's just a, a full live take the earlier session um at dimension was was just straight in the live room getting the take and using that and so that was don't come over papaya and uh, amadeus and amadeus mm. those three were just straight up live really yeah, yeah because well because we wanted to film we wanted videos of those so we just normally when you're in a studio you'd be isolated in different yeah. rooms and all this kind of thing but we you know we told the dan cardinal who was the engineer and producer that like you know for these we really wanted like the video was like just as important as like as getting a recording out so as an engineer like it's a little bit of a more of a challenge to like kind of and and as a band too it's it's like a different kind of thing if you're going for one live take but it's like just what we wanted to you know we're like it has to be this and we're just going to do it and the way it turned out is 
you know, really cool. You know? Isn't that yeah. how they used to do it back in the old days? Does everyone gathering around one big microphone kind of thing? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, everybody uh, was specifically placed in the room, well, in a very specific way, just because of either the room sound and how it picked up in the mics, like with the few mics that they used. Even though everybody had their own individual mic, we still wanted to kind of get that feel, that very like live feel. And mm -hmm. there's a different energy when you play one song top to bottom all together with, well, for instance, like sometimes I will record just fiddle and then later do the vocals. So some of the tracks, especially like the new ones that we had just written, those were all later. The vocals were recorded later. For instance, like Papaya, that whole thing was just fiddle and vocal, and they're two different animals, but it's really fun when they, the spirit and the body <laughs> unite. <laughs> are, you, are you quoting somebody? No. She's no. quoting herself. She's <laughs> quoting herself? <laughs> So when you quote yourself, you speak in an English accent. I guess yeah, so. the, the alter ego comes out. Yeah, like the big it. like the big headline statements come out in a different accent. I like it. That's very good. It, it kind of separates it, puts it right. out there in like a little, in a little uh, kind of air bubble, exactly. like a cartoon. Yeah. I like it. That's very good. Um, but I agree. I mean, I think that's when you're playing. I mean, I've I've done a couple albums, and you know, when you're in the room by yourself and everyone's listening to you, just looking at you through the glass and. It's a little awkward, and you don't feel like the rhythm in it. You just, you know, it's not natural. Mm -hmm. But when you're there in the room, and you're just looking at each other, you get that that energy is like you can't replace that energy with anything else. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when you're wearing like a ridiculous Victorian period <laughs> costume, <laughs> even even more so, it gets you more into the spirit. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> now, what about this one? I didn't realize it was a short one until it ended quickly. Uh, Talkinta. Ah, Talkitna. Uh, Talk oh, about Talkinta. Yeah. First yeah. of all, what does that mean? So well, it's so Talkeetna is it's a city uh, in Alaska, right? Yeah, Ta it's, more, it's, more it's more of a like town. A it's a town. Yeah, it's a town. <laughs> it's a it's a a little village or a town <laughs> north about what was it like two hours north of Anchorage yeah. in Alaska? Oh. which we've actually we've been to this town. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. So this so we we ended our tour actually the last tour before COVID hit. Uh, it was a crazy tour. We did like the Midwest and then we flew to Colorado. Um, did a festival and a, you know a gig in Boulder, and then we flew from there to Anchorage, Alaska, where we had this performing arts center gig um, that brought us up there. And this was probably late February. <laughs> and after the gig, because we were like, we're in Alaska, we have to make the most of this experience. Yeah. So post gig, we're like, let's find the Northern Lights. I think I think people are saying that the Northern Lights are sort of out if you're in the right place or whatever. So we took it upon ourselves to search for that, and it ended up with a drive from Anchorage North, um, just like on this sort of mountain highway. Uh, and so we drove for two hours, like from 12 a.m. to 2 a.m. Oh my god! <laughs> and I got a speeding ticket, which was a huge bummer. Oh, that started the trip off oh, man, on not a very good He's the only cop in Alaska, too. That's yeah. Crazy thing yeah. yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Are, are, you're not allowed to. I'm not going to swear right now, so I'll just continue. You can swear. Story. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, anyways, so Talkeetna was. Just say he didn't show up for that court date. <laughs> <laughs> if, <laughs> yeah, he just wasn't cool. Let's put it that way. He wasn't cool. 
Well, He's you know, like, you, you can you, come out here and you can contest it if you want. I was like, dude, yeah, we're from Massachusetts. Yeah. <laughs> we're not we eat cops back. like you for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> I would fly back. If I had the money, I'm spiteful enough to fly back and attend that court date. But just, I just don't kind of have that kind of money yet. So. Well, just pay it in pennies if you have to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so did you see the Northern Lights? Anyway, so we ended up, Talkeetna was sort of our end place where we got there. And we got out of the van and looked up at the sky, and we're like, ah, yeah, I can't see anything. <laughs> it was just totally cloudy. You couldn't see anything. Oh, it was <laughs> so <nothing>. cloudy. Well, <laughs> so, that town was pretty sweet. Yeah. yeah. It was an experience. It it's was, one of those crazy experiences. We did see on the road. How you many do, moose? You do weird stuff. We, and we, yeah, and then on the way back, oh this my is gosh. after 2 a.m., we saw two or three moose just like crossing the highway. At least three. <laughs> yeah. Maybe four. Which at that time, they're just these giant oh lumbering shadows that you know that if you were to collide with it, we would all die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah oh, it, it was, was actually so sort of scary. Yeah, cause They moved kind of in slow motion. Yeah. They look like what are those things in uh, Empire Strikes Back? Those yeah, totally. I was going to yeah. say totally. that in Star Wars. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what, what those, are those things. The ATSC, the, yeah. that's what they're called. The Imperial Aren't Walkers. Are they called? Yeah, Walkers. They, they, yeah, that is that is. There's think, like an AT. I think something. the ATSC is there. Well, like, you know yeah. what model number they are? That's impressive. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> um, Just to get to the nitty gritty. But anyway, you. But about the song, it. The the, the <laughs> thing about the song, it's it's a, you're right. It's a really short little kind of piece, and it was it was something that we've always wanted to do. Um, when we made an album. Well, it starts off with like, are you going, is it a reverse thing yes, in the beginning? Yes, right? yes, yes, right. That kind of fades off. Yeah, yeah. So so what we wanted to do is we wanted to just kind of be in the studio, start recording and just kind of like improvise something, just kind of like jam on some, some idea and just let something happen organically. Yeah. Like it's something that we do all the time when we're playing together. It's like a big part of our live shows. And it, but we've never like really done that in the studio. Usually in the past when we've gone in the studio, everything's been like very meticulously prepared and like arranged and demoed and like yeah. and you're just trying to like lay down this like perfect version of a song. But we really wanted to be creative this time and just like kind of let things happen in the studio. And actually we had to because like Kathleen said, it was like we had to just expand the length of the of the album and we just didn't have time to like really have that same like super prepared approach right so that song just kind of came out of like a, a jam that we were doing in the studio it was just this little piece that we thought was really cool and actually what you're hearing is it starts off with this it's like a little clip that's played in reverse right and then halfway through the track it flips and then it starts playing in yeah it flips instrument by instrument yeah 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 and, and the instruments flip at different times which is yeah. really it's cool. very so all of a sudden it was like not there yes i didn't even notice that it had gone away yes so mm -hmm. it's like a pretty trippy weird thing and that was all dan cardinal yeah, yeah that was dan, dan cardinal doing i wish more bands would do that i did that in my my first album that i did it's, it's called spokes and my other and the, my drummer never wanted to play it because it was just like an improv that we kind of did and we yeah. kind of added to it. But I love that, you know, you have that all the time when you're just, just rehearsing and all of a sudden someone comes up with something and it's like, you can't really throw it into a song, but you jammed on it for like a minute or so and it just sounds so cool. That yeah. you, I love that you threw that in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, then, and, and it's also like, we were talking about like albums, like kind of in an album, like a little short little thing like that is really cool. It's just yeah. like kind of this, little thing it's not really a, a song on its own but it's just like this little thing that transitions from one vibe to another vibe it kind of really helps make the album more of a cohesive thing it's just like this little bit of a what what, what is it that dan calls it a 
thread. I forget. He has a, he has a name for it. Yeah, like a palate cleanser. Yeah, palate cleanser. Let's let's call it a palate cleanser. A palate cleanser. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like the cracker you eat. Before oh, connective you have it? tissue. That's what that's what uh, Dan oh, Dan calls it. He calls it like a connective tissue little. That's piece. a little more disgusting than the <laughs> yeah. cleanser. But it is but I like connective it. because it comes from Tomorrow the Sun Will Rise, which is the last track on the album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it is a bit yeah. connective. Yeah, so yeah, we took that improv that happens when we were tracking the last track, mm-hmm. Tomorrow the Sun Will Rise. That was, I think we had like a number of different takes that were all, you know, we had like three or four minutes tacked onto the end of just us jamming. Yeah. So we, that was, uh, that little snippet came from that song. Now, what is Fofo de Chao? What does that mean? Oh, Fofo de Chao. Well, because that's what does that it's mean? almost a fully <laughs> instrumental, except that you guys do a little ooing and eyeing at the towards the end, right? <laughs> Kathleen, why don't you take this? One? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a tune I wrote at the Riverwalk Cafe in Nashua, New Hampshire. It was a classic Twisted Pine pre-performance warm-up. And I don't know what got me started. Oh, I know what got me started. Uh, Chris was playing Pandero, because he's an amazing percussionist. He was playing the what? The Pandero. What's a Pandero? Uh, the Pandero is, <laughs> it's basically a Brazilian tambourine. Okay. So it looks like exactly like a tambourine, and it has a drum head on it and closed jingles as opposed to a tambourine, which is just open okay. and not a drum head that you can play. Um, so it kind of functions as more of a full percussion instrument where you have like bass tones and slap tones. Okay, it's cool. A, it's a wonderful instrument. Oh, all right. Good. I learned something. Good. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. So, yeah, so that was the inspiration. Well, the initial inspiration. And then, I don't know, one time we were driving in the car and something came up about Brazilian meats. <laughs> I love Brazilian meats. What do you call a a, a chima uh, uh, car, char, uh, No, no. What do you call those, yeah, those Brazilian yeah. restaurants? Charascuria. Yes, that's oh, what it is. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yep. Well, Dan was telling nice me work. about very much. how we need to experience <laughs> as a band some Brazilian meats and go to Fogo de Chao, and I was like Fogo de Chao, and as soon as he said it, I, I immediately was just like. That's it. That's the <laughs> name of the tune. That's it. I was just like, and then I started singing. And I was just like, "Fuck it, a child." So it's kind of an, the, the words don't really necessarily mean anything. Just I mean, no, they might. They probably mean something. And oh, yeah. we don't know. We have no idea. We just want to. Not in the eat. context of our song. But we're a very hungry band, so I thought it was fitting. Well, Brazilian meats are delicious. Yeah. yeah. I still have yet to experience them. I, I was in, I went to Sao Paulo. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Well, so you had the, the real thing. And they were, and it was amazing. But they all, everyone in Sao Paulo said that the meat in Argentina is, is better. Mm. Argentinian, mm. But mm. I never got there. Yeah. But, uh, okay, cool. Now, the last question about a song. Uh, you can, well, can you do it without me? Is that what the, the song? Oh, yeah. Well, you can do it Who without me. Who does the whistling on that? Two um, people. That's me and Anne. That's impressive whistling. Thanks. Yeah, Anne and I are like, we're trying to work up some whistle harmonies because she's, yeah, we both really enjoy whistling. Whistling is one of the hardest things for a musician to do, I, in my opinion. I have a couple whistles, and I, for whatever reason, when I, especially when I'm doing it live, mm-hmm. I, I tend to, for some reason, I can't whistle. Yeah. It, it just goes away. Definitely uh, a lot of room for, for failure yeah. when you're whistling into a mic on a live stage. But you can really get up there. It's impressive. Thanks. Are you a, are you a lip whistler or are you like a... Yeah, I'm a lip 
I'm a lip whistler. A lip whistler. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's what actually else. it's really hard to um <laughs> to whistle and play the bass at the same time. <laughs> Is it really? Just, yeah. It's it's uh sort of this. It's like dr- trying to you know draw with your left and right hand at the same it's time. Like do that pat the yeah. thing and Something I'm working on. <laughs> I also heard that when you whistle, if you're whistling live, you're supposed to whistle sideways mm-hmm. uh, against the mic mm-hmm. so that you're not blowing right, obviously right into the mic. But yeah. that seems to be something that a lot of people do. They just whistle right into the mic and all you hear is... Right, right, right. right. I, try, I sort of just sort of keep a, a little bit of distance between myself yeah. and the mic. Yeah. Well, it's impressive because it's, uh, it's very clear <laughs> and, and it's really high. I can't whistle that high. Thanks. Thank um, you. Congr- congratulations. Thank you. Well done. <laughs> He's a whistling the, uh, wizard. The whistle prize. <laughs> let's talk about. While she's not here, let's talk. Let's talk about Anne. Yeah, let's talk about Anne. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, I want to talk about her. So having a flautist. It's a flautist, right? Mm-hmm. But having a flautist in or a band like this is kind of is a little unusual. Rather mm-hmm. than you know, because because Rachel Sumner left, you wanted to bring somebody in. Can you talk about that process? About were you thinking we're going to bring somebody in? Were you thinking we're going to bring us? Are we going to just be a trio? What was the yeah, thinking process? Yeah, totally. There? So yeah, when when Rachel left, I think there was a lot of things were on the table. We weren't sure what we were going to do. So we had some shows that we needed to that were already booked that we were going to play, and um, we did we did different things depending on the situation. So we did play some shows as a trio. We're like, you know, this is a good opportunity for us to kind of like hone a sound as like a trio and just kind of see what kind of comes out. And we did that and it was a really good experience to to be able to do that. We also did some shows with various different guitar players. The thing with Anne just kind of happened really organically and really naturally. We never sought out, we never decided that we wanted to get a flute player. The, The opportunity presented itself we were at this uh, folk conference called Folk Alliance up in yes. Montreal, and uh, Anne was there, and like we had known her for years, and like played with her before, and she was a friend of ours, and we had her sit in with us for a few of our showcases up at Folk Alliance, and it was just just kind of immediately was just she just fit right in, like her personality as a musician, she just fit right in, and she's it, also a singer too. Right? She's also a singer. Yep, it was just really fun, and like it just it just immediately clicked if you look at the instruments it's just it's it it does maybe not like the most obvious thing but like when you think about kind of the individuals and like kind of who we are as people and who we are as musicians it's like the perfect kind of fit it's just one of those things where you just kind of until it kind of happens and really clicks like you know you would never guess that that's where we would have gone but it happened and we're like this is this feels good let's go with it there's not another instrument that could like do what she does in our band and i don't think there's even another flute player out there that could do what she does it's just it's not about the flute or the instruments about her yeah. you know and she just fits in mm-hmm. so well <laughs> it's great it was just an interesting detour mm. to what you would normally assume oh well someone left or you'd get another guitarist or you get a banjo player or something you got in and she's fantastic yeah, yeah well, she that brings- really tell me what you really think about and her. fun <laughs> yeah, let's, let's talk trash better now. Oh my god! I know a guy at Redline Roots. You guys know Redline Roots, oh, yeah. right? We don't know each other very well, but we've been, we've been in touch here and there. But he said it's hard to think of a band that has come out of New England recently that has shape shifted and evolved more than Twisted Pine. How have you guys evolved? That's a deep question. Mm-hmm. How have we evolved? How Sorry. have you evolved from when you began to where you are now? People, you know, they say, oh, you're very pop, you get a pop sensibility, 
you got the mountain music in there, you got some jazz in there. Is it like just a more of a, an encompassing of different genres? Yeah, I think a lot of it is just music that we're interested in, that we're all each individually interested in and bringing that kind of sound to the band and saying like, oh, you know what I love about this group or this sound? And as a group, trying to hone in to figure out how we with our instruments can create that sound in like an acoustic way. Yeah, I mean, all, all of the styles that we reference are styles that we really love. The like fiddle, like bluegrassy element, there's the jazzy element, there's funk element, and then you got some like vintage vocal vibe. And then the songwriting is, I don't know, it's kind of all over the place. It's like whatever, for me, it's, it's whatever is influencing me at the time and whatever melody or feel pops into my head and then I just bring it to these guys or they bring their little ditties that we're gonna like turn into a song and (laughs) we just kind of work it out and it's kind of like a melting pot (laughs) this is like a really weird comparison but it kind of makes me think of like immigrants in New York City just the mixing of like different people and vibes and like it's a very American thing to keep creating and trying something new and it's kind of like the way we eat different foods we as a band love mexican food and we love thai food (laughs) we love everything (laughs) so that's kind of our sound (laughs) it's what we love (laughs) that's a great answer i'm serious i I like that answer yeah Yeah. that was very good good just to like add on to that you know it's like we always let things happen very naturally like we want to be sure that we're not like kind of forcing something we don't want to be doing something just to to try it it has to happen like very organically and Mm. and so like i think that like a lot of what's happening and like as we're evolving it's just it's just kind of letting things evolve naturally and like letting them happen like for example adding and like you know that was that wasn't something that had any kind of there was no plan behind that it just it just happened you know and like that's i think that's the way that like a lot of our songs and like our songs that incorporate influences from other things you know it's just it's something that's just that just happens you know it's, it's it's not something that we set out to do necessarily if you're open to letting things just manifest then it's like the most honest kind of way that you can create things you know i think the most interesting bands that's what they do rather yeah. than trying to fit into whatever people think they are and you know the funny thing is that people get really pissed off when it's like you come out with an album someone comes out with an album it's like this doesn't sound like you know this band what the heck, what the heck happened it's like well you know this is what they're artists they've got they can't just repeat the same things over and over again if they repeat the same things over and over again they're gonna go away yeah and that's sort of <laughs> our that's is sort of you know one of the common if not the common like thread or bond that we share is just the idea of not feeling inhibited by that sort of thing and being versatile enough to play whatever it is that comes to mind whether it's a funky groove or a bluegrass song or whatever it is um, we're all open and able to to go there a lot of people compare you guys to Punch Brothers, and I'm a huge Punch Brothers mm-hmm. fan. Ooh, and that's I, cool. I totally hear that. A lot of it's the rhythm, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to talk about rhythm for just a second. So I, when I was talking with the lovely people from uh, Ruby Mac, and this is something that Honeysuckle did mm-hmm. uh, when Ben was with them, mm-hmm. he'd have that bass drum. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. there was that boom, 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 mm-hmm. that one bass. 
Now you guys have a little bit of percussion in there. You have that. What was the, what was the instrument you had? Yeah, some some pandero. Some pandero. And then and we'll throw in, you know, shakers, shakers and, and like stuff. snaps and random um, stuff. But you don't have you don't have drums in there. Correct. We've thought about it, and we occasionally will play with some really sweet percussionists. Like uh, for our latest live stream, we had uh, Dean Mahoney from the band Upstate. He played cajon on uh-huh. one of the tracks, yeah, and that yeah. was pretty sweet. But I think something that's special about our sound is, for instance, both Dan and, and myself, we all take over the chopping. Yeah. So when one person is soloing, two of us are chopping, and then, you know, we always hand it off. I don't know. I think that's something that just comes from that Americana style from, like, the bluegrass music that we all uh, have studied or and we'll jam when wherever we're at a festival or whenever we get together with bluegrass musicians, that's part of that sound and there aren't drums in that music. So I think that's why it hasn't come to mind because we're an acoustic band and we have the rhythm. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, there's, I mean, I don't miss the drums in there. We're definitely, uh you know, open to it. I think we like playing with, with drummers mm-hmm. and percussion players. And yeah, like you were saying with, with, you know, Honeysuckle as an example, in Americana music, just in general today, yeah. there's a lot of really interesting stuff happening with percussion, you know, like whether it's just a foot pedal or whether it's Dean Mahoney mm-hmm. playing a cajon, which is like, you know, you don't see that very often. Right. And also um, Melody Walker in a front country, she'll sometimes spring out a pandero. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, so yeah, there's, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of interesting new stuff happening with percussion in yeah. Americana and sort of acoustic bluegrass, whatever you can call that sort of music. And, it, and it's gotta be something that really like is continuing to like push us forward or is like inspiring, mm-hmm. you know, it's, 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 it's not just going to be something that we do. Right. So who knows? Who knows what'll happen? Plus you gotta you gotta have room in the tour van. So yeah, that's, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> right now we're rocking a minivan. Yeah, we I think we want to keep it that way <laughs> for a little while sh- longer. You got that huge guitar over there. Yeah, <laughs> man, the oversized guitar <laughs> takes huge. up a lot of space. Well, I mean, I mean, I'm no historian, but I would imagine a lot of it has to do with the only instruments that people would have would be stringed instruments, and you know they'd play spoons, they'd play a box, they'd play something that whatever they could bang on. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they had a drum set hanging around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've even used the cereal box. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Cereal boxes. Yeah. Special K. <laughs> Special K is pretty good. It has oh the best gosh. tone. I <laughs> want some right now. I'm hungry. It does. <laughs> What's next for you? Do you have a plan? Do you have something that you want to do next other than trying to tour in this album? That's a good question. We're hopeful that we can get back on the road for the summertime. Everyone is planning or at least hoping for that and planning as though that might happen. You know, we had a full summer of festivals and stuff uh, on the books. You know, we would have had a basically a two-month run in September, October. So to make up some of those shows and, and sort of get back on the road and get back in gear uh, is definitely our main priority. Yeah, we have this record, so <laughs> we're just trying to get it out to new ears, mm. new listeners. Yeah. Plus, you just did a uh, you did the, the that Trump song. What was that Trump song that you did? Oh, the COVID song. Oh yeah, the COVID song. Uh, Big fool. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big, Big fool. fool. That's pretty good. I like Thanks. It. That was a uh, yeah. cardigan. <laughs> that parody. was good. And then you also did um, the Elton John song. Yeah. Oh Benny yeah. Benny and the Jets. Mm. Right. Yeah, that was that was pretty early on during the quarantine lockdown back in the 
first couple months of that, it was like, well, what are we, you know, like, every, like everybody's doing these live streams, so you know, like, let's, let's put together some stuff, like, where we can record all from home and, like, kind of collaborate and, like, make some new content and let's just have fun with it. Yeah, good. So that's, that's what that was. Can you guys play us a couple songs? Sure. Yes, yeah. we That'd be great. Can. I really appreciate you guys coming out here. I know it's not easy to kind of get on the road and get out, but I'm, I'm sure you're kind of glad to get the hell out of your house. Yeah, yeah so man. It's actually nice. Yeah, this Thanks is really nice that. and yeah, and comfortable. you came back to your hometown. Exactly. So there you go. It's nice to come back. Of course. Nice to have something to do also. Thanks for the opportunity to <laughs> feel like we're working. Let's hear what you got to play. Okay. Cool. All right, cool. Thank Sweet. you.
would like to thank Kathleen, Dan, and Chris for their conversation and hope to one day have Anne join us for some jazz flute. We would also like to thank Lynn Bertrand for setting this up. We would love to have Lynn on the show one of these days, so we'll try and get that set up soon. To listen and learn more about Twisted Pine, go to twistedpineband.com. Go to AboveTheBasement.com where you can sign up for our newsletter, listen and subscribe to our podcast, like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, and look at all the nice pictures we post on Instagram. We are everywhere. From all of us at Above the Basement, thank you for listening. Tell your friends, wear a mask, and remember, Boston music, like its history, is unique. 